I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Phoenix Brennan, he won't be attending school today, obviously because of the weather. Thank you. Yeah, neither am I. Responsible my dad, except he's twenty minutes. I think half an hour late. <laughs> Rolled out of bed, probably. What, what time, time is Phoenix? What time is Phoenix? Yeah, they canceled school up in New York region. Eight, eight twenty. Freezing rain. Yeah. So uh, let's do this. Jimmy's fifty-eight minutes late. We're recording already. So. Oh, we are great. Hey, <laughs> let's let's keep Jimmy's uh, very fatherly uh, call to the Durham District School Board or York District School Board. York, York. Yeah. Let's get talking then, shall we? Um, JC, you got anything fun? The following episode of Footy Prime, the podcast, contains Craig Forrest. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Woke up, got out of bed, dragged a comb across my head, went downstairs and made a pod cast called Footy Prime. Huh? That's what do you think about that one? What's that from? What's it from? Dude, I don't know. Did you just Come make on. it up? No. <laughs> uh, you know, I bet you I bet you of all our listeners, Starkers knows exactly what that is. That is one of the greatest songs from one of the, if not the greatest album of all time. A Day in the Life, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Oh, there you go. All right. A little band you might have heard called The Beatles. Uh, yeah, but they spelled their name weird. <laughs> <laughs> it I is a rock, prime, though. I'm a Rolling Stones fan. We're all here. Everyone knows. Are you really a Stones guy? You're not a Beatles? Why can't you be both? I like them both. You can't. You can't. You, can. be, you can't. You can. No. It's like, like Oasis and Blur. I like them both, too. Right, really? You're going to compare so good. But you know what the best part is? Is that now as an adult, you can uh, you can go see at some point, likely, you'll be able to see Blur and at least Noel Gallagher's Fly Flying Birds together. Or maybe Liam. Who knows? It's great. Everyone needs that money now. 
Actually, Noel had a, a new song came out like this week. He's got an album coming out, I think, next month. You seen him live? I have a few times. Yeah, so good, amazing, just so amazing. Good. He's just so slick and just. I mean, I, I'm not. I, I love music. I don't know the first thing about music, but it sounds tight. That's what you you call bands when they're good and you know music. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? No. He's tight. He is, he is amazing. He's yeah. amazing. His pants are a bit tight. Tiger yeah. tight. But I mean, name name one rock and roll one rock and roll superstar who hasn't got tight pants. Name one. Oh, this is good. I like this conversation already. Name one, name right? what? Any a rock and roll like star legend, whatever, who who doesn't wear tight pants. Oh. Is there one? Forget like you know hip hop, obviously, but uh, like rock and roll. No, I don't think so, man. I'm a Leonard Skinner fan. Oh, look at you, outstanding country, country and, boy. And, but I got a new band right now that I've liked over the last number of years called Greta Van Fleet. Amazing, so um, good. Sick, and he wears the old school jumpsuits as well, and I love oh. it. He, sa- he sounds just like Robert Plant. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Who? Who? Greta Van Fleet. Greta From, Van Fleet. No, no, obviously. Fleet. No, who, yeah. Who's who's uh, uh, Robert? Oh, who's the lead? <laughs> Robert, Robert Tree. <laughs> yeah. who, who said who's Robert Plant? So this is a good segue. I went down uh, the height of rock stars last night. So here's here's our soccer footy slash rock star trivia. Who is taller, Sebastian Giovenko or John Oates from Holland Oates? Well, I'm going to say John Oates simply because that would make this a, a more interesting bit because we know how small Jovenko is. Jovenko is five three and a half, so one sixty three or something like that. Five and John three and Oates, a half. Yep. And John Oates is five four and a half. Oh. The only guy that was shorter than John Oates that was I went oh wow was uh, was Prince. Prince was I, five three. I can't go for that. No. No. <laughs> No, no can, can do. do. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Collins is tiny. Yeah. They're, rock stars, you know what? Old rock stars, like pre-hormones uh, in the milk. Those guys from the fi- like 50s and 60s, if you were 5'10", you were a giant. Yeah, and you were so skinny because of the, the, the drug abuse yes. that you looked taller. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, I was at, when I was at Forest, right, I, uh, after a game finished – and uh, John McGovern comes in and he goes, Jimmy, he goes, ACDC's up in the box. You're a big fan. Why don't you come up and meet them? I went up there. Malcolm Young's in there. You should have seen how tiny this guy was. Tiny. He's the size of a guitar. Oh, couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. This is and, and forget, because forget you, you always see them on TV and, and you just think they're big, big men, like rocking and jamming, but tiny. Is he smaller than Angus man. Young? Huh? Is Malcolm smaller than Angus? Yeah, they're both tiny. Yeah, both are, yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing story, Jimmy. Forget the, the fact that he's tiny. I mean, that's pretty tall. Don't get me wrong. But mm. uh, the fact that ACDC were in the box and, and you got him. Were, were they nice? Were they cool? Were they like, oh, awesome. were they starstruck by you? Great guys. Yeah, no, they're, they're Forest fans. Yeah. And then uh, we went in, we just hung out, had a couple of beers with them. Ugh. And then they were like, yeah, you know, anytime you, you were touring, whatever, you guys are around, come visit. And I tried to get a hold of them when they were in Toronto and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also when your heroin addiction started, right? When you yeah, met right. him. 
<laughs> but having bands and just certain people like games, um, you know, it's an interesting topic. I remember when Robert Plant was actually at the game uh, at Wolverhampton Wanderers, and I was more nervous about him watching the game than the rest of the 40,000 people there. I was like, so, no, so you knew Robert before the Plant. game? You knew before that he was there, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Big Wolves fan, isn't he? Big Wolves fan. And then West Ham, we got uh, Iron Maiden. Bruce Dickinson, Ooh. legend. Steve Harris was a youth Bruce player Dickinson. at West Ham. Mark Cowbell. Wasn't that he's the producer, Bruce Dickinson, or was he the play? Uh, Bruce Dickinson's the lead singer of Iron Maiden. I don't know Iron Maiden. Come on, Wonger. He's, he's also a jetliner pilot right. and a fencer. Wow. Mark Cowbell. <laughs> Mark, I thought it was Mark, Mark Cowbell guy. No, no, from no. Blue Oyster Cult. Iron Maiden? No, no cowbells. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Plant, though, that's pretty cool, though. Have to very say. cool. Oh, that's very cool. cool. Didn't, wasn't Michael Jackson, uh, there was some... Fulham. Was it Craig? I know Fulham, yeah, but I thought Craig had a story of Michael Jackson. Yeah, well, that was Pesci. Paul Pesci Salida was Pesci, at, that's right. at Fulham when uh, uh, Muhammad Elf, was it Al-Fayyad, right? Yeah. He brought in... Uh, Michael Jackson brought him to the game. Remember, it was he was shown on camera. Then they brought him in the dressing room after, and Muhammad said, "Lads, put your cocks away. Jacko is in the house." <laughs> <laughs> and then all you, all you heard was, "It's okay, fellas. No rush. Yeah. I, I've got brothers." <laughs> then he put a statue out front of Fulham of Michael the Jackson. Worst, worst, worst statue until Ronaldo's statue was made. Was it horrible? Oh, Google it, Wonga. Okay, I got to Google this. And the fact that there's a Michael Jackson statue outside Craven College made no sense. None. Well, well I'm sure Michael had no problem cottaging. <laughs> <laughs> is that different to dogging? Yeah, it is. I, I don't yeah. know what cottaging means. Do I have to look that up? Do you know what dogging means? About it? No. You used hey, Jimmy, car car you... parks and you used to flash the lights. Then people get out of their car and come into your car to join your little escapades. That was oh, it's like a swingers thing. Yeah, I did that once and jumped into Jimmy's car. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hobo sex fest. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? I just rolled down the windows. His legs were hanging out. <laughs> Why are your flies undone? <laughs> <laughs> Why is your pants around your ankles? Like, Why are you here? <laughs> a weird day would be if Jimmy wore underwear. Yeah, that's a valid point. He's wearing underwear. This is horrible. What, what's weird, though, maybe it's not weird, is that we're actually recording this this um, midweek foundation podcast in the morning for maybe the first time ever. I don't know. Um, yet our irreverence and inappropriateness is at world-class levels. Yeah. It's almost more succinct because there's no, there's no you know, alcohol or weed involved. Yeah. Unless there is. <laughs> yeah, Greg. No. Should be longer. No, no, no booze for hours or weed for hours. That's great. Um, if you haven't already listened to it, we had the interview Jonathan Osorio in the last podcast. Great chat. I mean, he's so candid, right? He knows he's a great guy. Going to all sorts of things from uh, his his contract situation, why he's re-signed at TFC, of course, and also the World Cup and how he almost missed the World Cup. Because of his, uh, well, he actually used the concussion issues, right? It was always speculated, right? It was concussion, but it was never official. Um, I think they used to call like a head injury or or something, neurological trauma. I think is what they used, right? That was the official term, which is a concussion. But Craig, I mean, 
he came down to the wire and the way he described the symptoms, I mean, you've had concussions and everyone here has probably had concussion at some point. I've never had it to that extent. Um, but it's terrifying. It's really terrifying. And, and how he thought he was doing really well, he was recovering. And then one headed ball set him back weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. I mean, he had a lot on his plate leading into that world cup. I mean, when he asked him if he was worried about, making it and he said yeah absolutely i was you can imagine all that going through his head as well as well as the emotional and then the the actual trauma of the the injury itself and the, looks as though he was having some interesting thoughts that were coming through his head which wasn't great and yeah so it all, it all worked out well for him and that was really really good but he was incredibly candid and honest and it was a it was a fun journey sort of going with him and understanding from his and some of the players point of view some of the things that happened you know and we're running through all the games and off-field stuff and expectations, surprises. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, excellent. Jimmy? I enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. It was, it was one of my favorite ones. Yeah. It and was I very revealing, though, right? Yeah, like, because you're getting you know, behind the scenes and what, what went on and how things were handled. And uh, I, uh, I liked it. And it was great because, you know, we're, we're doing this interview and having that conversation, but we're, you know, especially, you know, Craig and I, we're, we're ex-players, but we're, we're asking these questions as fans, you know, because we want to genuinely know, like, hey, what, what went on? How was it? What was the experience like? Because it was something that we never got to experience. Yeah, I found that, that really interesting when you guys were talking about, you know, what was it like, the move? Because you, you, like you said, Jimmy, in the interview, you did what we wanted to do. You achieved it, you know, yeah. and you were generally interested. But I think the best interviews are when you approach it from the fan perspective. I yeah. always believe that no matter who you're interviewing, because fans generally have the most interesting questions, right? As opposed to the, the, the journalist who's going to ask something really freaking boring in most cases, you know, like, what do you do? Do you like playing the 4-3-3 three, three, or is 3-5-2 uh, uh, more interesting to you? <laughs> mm, interesting, because I'm really smart. I know tactics. It's a much better question, so. Much better well, well, the other thing too, Sharms, is behind the scenes. Uh, people don't know this. Whenever we have someone on, we always uh, we always want to create uh, a great relationship. But we will tell them, "Hey, look, we need to talk about this subject." So we always ask, "Hey, we're going to talk about this. Is there anything you don't want to talk about, or we have to frame it very diplomatically?" What was amazing and has been amazing with Oso. Every time I've asked him that, every time we've asked him that, he says, no, everything's on the table. I'll tell you if I don't want to talk about it, which he did with the agent thing at the end and left <laughs> us all cliffhanging. Oh. And now we all, we're all surmising, right? Yeah. It's speculate. all conjecture. Can we speculate now? We can speculate. We just use some good words. Surmise, conjecture, and speculation. All conjecture? That's disgusting. Oh, God. <laughs> give, it, give us your thought on that, Charms. My thought on that is that he got screwed over by a European agent regarding mm -hmm. a move overseas. And in the end, TFC provided probably the best financial deal for him. It made most sense. It was comfortable and it was probably the right choice. That's my pure speculation, but I won't know until he writes the book. I think you're close. I think what happened was he, I, I don't know. And I'm just again, speculating. My guess is that, his European guy or whoever was trying to get something in Europe, he ends up signing with Toronto. He had nothing to do with it, and he's come after compensation for the Toronto deal. Ooh, that oh, can happen, right? Yeah. Forest. That's, that's my guess. 
That's a Ooh. good one. I've had the same thing happen similar. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, with his Puma deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's when, when I moved it's to us. Us. coming after him. We're coming yeah. after him with the for the Puma deal. 10% of that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to West Ham, I used uh, at an agent. Didn't always have an agent in Ipswich, but I thought it was I thought it needed one. And uh, moved to West Ham. Part of the deal was they said, don't worry, West Ham always pay the, the agent fees, so that won't cost you. Um, so the deal's done. Phone me up. Good news, bad news. Good news, deal's done. Bad news, West Ham didn't pay the fee. That means you'll have to. And it was tens of thousands, tens of thousands of pounds. And uh, I very first time I, I met with uh, West Ham when I signed up in up in Edinburgh um, preseason trip talking to John Hartson about it. And he's like, well, that's not right. Let's go over and talk to Harry. He was in the restaurant. We went over and talked to him and he said, don't pay them. They've already been paid. So, so they were, they, they so were going after to, you twice. They were trying to double end it. Yeah. Double dip. Double dip. Yeah. Wow. And Harry knew that, that he, I mean, at that point, Harry was the old fashioned football manager, right? Involved in everything, right? Involved in everything. Yeah. Wow. So how was that conversation when you went back there and said, hey, you pricks? Yeah, I ended up giving him a little bit, but uh, it was a significantly less. And then obviously fired him instantly. Jesus, that's brutal. Oh, agents, man. They, agents, agents, man, they're, they're, they're dirty. Sharp. I always say to people, be care- very, very careful who you, you get as agent. Jimmy, did you use agents or did you do deals yourself? Uh I use agents, and then towards the end, I just did it myself. Because, I mean, they do serve a role, right? I suppose. Um, especially, well, nowadays, the monies and, and image rights and all this complicated stuff that the average person probably doesn't really fully understand. They probably do serve a role. They've probably created that world themselves. A bit like lawyers, you know? You read, read, read the average contract. It makes no freaking sense because I can't understand yeah. it. But they, they've created it so complicated that you have to hire them to yeah. decipher. Part of it is too is that certain managers use certain agents too exactly and you're, I, I don't believe i'd have been a west ham if i wasn't using this particular agent because there's about four agents that harry redknapp used and this happened to be one of them that's why he knew yeah. the ins and outs of it so well so, so if, if, if harry wanted a player say player x and he, he wasn't represented by one of his guys would Harry then pressure the player, hey, I'm doing this, I want you, I'm doing the deal, but only through this guy? And then how would that... Re- <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that did happen. Stan Lazaridis, Australian guy, yeah. uh, left-sided player, very good. He uh, was moving, I think, to Birmingham, and he didn't want to use their agent. In fact, I don't think he wanted to use an agent at all, and they sort of forced him to sign with a guy to, or the deal is not going to get done. I think he ended up doing it just because he was at the end of his rope and he just wanted to get out of West Ham at that time. So, yeah, there is that kind of pressure behind the scenes sometimes. Jimmy, were you doing the deal with TFC yourself or was that through an agent? No, I had an agent uh, at the beginning. Then towards the end, then I started. It's the unknown, right, Jimmy? It just If you're yeah. going to MLS, you don't really know. If you do know, I mean, yeah. with your, what you're after, that's different. But if you don't... Um, Sometimes yeah. you need a lawyer more. I would represent get represented by a lawyer as opposed to an agent. 
Yeah, you no, see that true. even in North American sports, NHL, for instance, you use a yeah. lawyer, you pay them by the hour, you don't pay them a, a massive chunk of your contract for doing a few hours of work. Yeah, and I because I, I didn't know either with how it worked in MLS and salary caps and what went on. I didn't know the ins and outs of the league. You know, I was more familiar with, with being in England for so long. I knew how those contracts worked, but I didn't understand MLS. And even the trading side of things, hey, Jimmy, like you, you signed a contract with TSC, you, you don't want to be shipped out on a trade in the first week either, you know? You want to yeah. play for Toronto FC, so all these different things. Well, because it was – you you weren't – when when I was signing, you weren't signing with Toronto FC. You were signing with the league. Right. That's right. The league owned all, all the players. Essentially owned, isn't it? Yeah, all the time. Still do. Still do. And you, you could have just ended up going anywhere. Okay. Was it Barry McLean? Was that your guy back then, those days? Uh, yeah, when I came back, I used Barry. Right. Because yeah. he was involved in a lot of the TFC stuff. He was Mo's guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was but what about the, uh, the, the, the younger players? Too. I mean, you know, that's changed somewhat now. But back in those days, you were, you know, the young, young players who were making nothing, making like 20 grand a year. Were they still having to give a percentage to an agent on those yeah. kind of deals? You get a small percentage. But I mean... It, realistically for the young guys it wasn't even worth it for the agents because he got ne- next to nothing anyway yeah and it's all mandated in the collective bargaining agreement how much they're going to get right yeah mm-hmm. they're just hoping that later on down the road that player turns into something that people are offering big money for yeah right right what about cpl do the guys in the cpl use agents or are they doing their own deals no they use agents some of them do and then some that don't i mean you when you sit down and negotiate with them just you're more or less telling some of the young guys to look, just keep the money in your pocket this is what we can offer you. You know, there's a there's a salary cap here. Yeah, no. Secret. Because I, I would I would rather I would rather and I would tell these guys when I was when I was coaching, be like, look, guys, I'm going to try to get you the best deal that I can. Um, but keep this money in your pocket. You're not making a fortune, so it's better in your pocket rather than somebody else's just to come in and, and negotiate the same deal that I'm going to give you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, agent fees. I mean at the top level, are just ridiculous, right? Astronomical. Yeah. His, um, this came out in April. The top 20 teams who spent the most on agent fees. This is for a year. Man City, 35 million pounds. They spent on agent fees. United, 29 million pounds. Chelsea, 28. It goes down. Uh, the lowest any team spent on agent fees, Southampton, 4 million, almost 5 million pounds. Jesus Christ. Not a bad job if you can get those top players. eh? I remember when my agent, uh, Jonathan Barnett, and he wasn't the one that I went to. Gareth Bale's agent, right? Who um, who replaced Jimmy at Nottingham Forest. Yeah. So when I was at Southampton, sorry. Hold on. (laughs) I was talking to those guys. Yeah, it's north of 10 million pounds just the move to Real Madrid for those guys. Jesus. Crazy. Not bad, eh? We should get Pesci on at some point and just have an episode. Talking about the world of, of agents, the dark underbelly, the mm. slimy underbelly of the snakes that are agents and pesh. Being, <laughs> yeah, being, being one of them. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, have you, did you hear this? Um, the World Club Cup goes next month in Morocco, and they're going to experiment with miking up referees to explain VAR decisions to not just the TV, but also to the crowd. A bit like in rugby, right? You see in rugby? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, in rugby, they're 
generally civilized people in the stands aren't going to react inappropriately. Uh, <laughs> how do you think this will go down? I mean, there needs to be some clarification, right? Some of these calls, there's so much confusion, um, but they do need to at some point explain to the fans exactly what is happening here. Do you think the average football fan will appreciate this or might they react to uh, a referee standing center field talking to them? Only if the uh, decision goes their way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the blind faith is just mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. Mind-blowing. How are they going to explain? Did you, I don't know if you saw the, the, the game yesterday or any of the highlights. Palace United. Yeah. There was a penalty appeal, I think, in the 73rd minute for Manchester United. Wasn't even looked at. I've looked at it a few times. I'm like, in my opinion, I thought that was a penalty. So how does the referee go over there? Or if they don't go over there, like he didn't, then you're not getting any explanation at all. No. Yeah. I wonder, in, in that case, the VAR could be talking to him in his ear saying, you might want to take a look. And he could decide, no, I'm not going to. So do you explain that? Or is it only the actual on-field? Well, right. Exactly. So what are they doing? If they don't go to the monitor... Can you make, well, imagine this. So he goes to the monitor and then this egotistical referee goes, <clears throat> there was no clear and obvious error on the pitch. I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. Mark yeah. Clattenburg or someone just loving the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, how, how are they going to explain it? Because it's going to be so difficult. I mean, remember, remember the Man United goal with uh, Fernandez? Uh, Fernandez? And Rashford yeah, was yeah, running over. What was he going to say? Well, Rashford was originally offside, but he didn't touch the ball. He ran over the ball. It looked like he was going to play it, but he didn't. Fernandez waved him off, shot, scored. Goal. Maybe it's just explaining what VAR is looking at. Perhaps that's their, their way out of it. Not this, not explaining the decision necessarily, but saying, mm-hmm. you know, players halted. VAR is looking at this incident inside the box. Well, well, I guess the bigger thing is, what do you think, Sharms? Because I want you to know they're doing this more. Craig knows this and Jimmy knows this. And JC, with basketball, the refs are explaining technical fouls. And in NFL, the referees have been calling flags when they explain themselves. They actually explain themselves way more than they used to. It used to just be the flag, five yards for offside. Now they're saying... Uh, you know, hit to the head. They describe the, the the penalty. And then I have to tell you, it makes a difference mm-hmm. because at least it gets mm-hmm. you in the head of the official. But to mm-hmm. your point, if someone can just over, like you have that uh, spotlight-seeking uh, referee who just wants to say F this, it does make sense that he could do that too. Mm-hmm. And and does it encourage more, more voiceover guys to get into the refereeing world, JC? Well, you got to make your ducats somehow. I, I like, I don't know if you guys have seen in the NHL. Have you seen in the NHL? I can't remember what the ref is. But every time he gives a penalty, it's awesome. Where some, like a player, he trips some guy and he comes over and he goes, there's a tripping on the play, two minutes in a box. You can't do that. <laughs> and he's like... Country five minutes for fighting. <laughs> Who's that? That's amazing. I haven't heard yeah, that. Look it up, man. There's an NHL referee. <laughs> yeah, that he gets right into it. It's amazing. Who have your referees that you used to play in front of? Who would have been the best guy, do you think, to, to make a bit of a spectacle of himself and, and really enjoy that spotlight? 
Graham Paul. <laughs> no, no hesitation there. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and not just because he was a referee for the 9 0 game. <laughs> the fact that he was running up with a shirt off, swinging it above his head with the Man U players was another story. <laughs> That's he, incredible. Fuck, he was cheering every goal, Dan. <laughs> As your as your bank account, you're like my future bank account is getting lowered, and you're cheering, you son yeah. of a bitch. Then he's booking me once, and he let them take a short free kick. I'm 30 yards out of net, and they chip in the empty net, and he gives it. <laughs> hey fellas, I saw a penalty kick, or sorry, a free kick on highlights. That it could have been old, but it was within the penalty area. Like meaning, what kind of foul would that have been? Indirect free kick. Yeah, so what would that have meant? Like someone... Obstruction. Oh, okay. So indirect um, means, means you can't kick it like on goal. Pass back? If the goalkeeper picks up a back pass, it would be an indirect free kick where the offense took place. Oh, Pretty rare, though, that isn't it? could it be it. Yeah. Because, well, they, they kicked it on, on the keeper. Like they kicked it at net. So this is what I was confused about. But, it but was, they had it, a wall. Yes, they did have a wall. Yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to set up a wall on an indirect free kick inside the box. Yeah. And you're allowed to kick straight at the at the keeper? No. Oh. That's I'm, why it's indirect. No, I get that. But the, touch the, and hit. It touch was within hit. the penalty, but it wasn't a penalty. Like it was within the six meters or yeah. six yards. So you can't you can't directly smash it through the wall in the net. You have to touch it for somebody else to hit. It's an indirect free kick. So or if you come off a player and it has, it. so that was what it, I think they were playing it, like just smashing the ball as hard as possible at the keeper or at the at the goal, without uh, and we're hoping that it went off one of the other players and that's what they did. So okay, yeah. thank you. Hey, yes, I'll he, tell you I'll tell you a funny story, right? Just because sometimes the refs and the the uh, referees' assistants are just they're stupid. So we're <laughs> we've got this game when I was at York, okay. And we're doing a set play where, you know, it's a corner. And you know when a player just goes over and just touches the ball a little bit, right? So the ball's in play now. It's live, okay? But it's like a little secret play that, you, you know, you do once in a while. So I'm yelling over at Patrasso, Patrasso, do the play, do the play. He's like, yeah, no problem. So he runs over for the corner. And we had it set up where Michael runs over, gets on the ball, and we start yelling, oh, no, 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 Mike, we want an in-swinger, in-swinger. So he's like, okay. So I said to him, when you go over there, as soon as you touch it, though, let the let the uh, the referee's assistant know that you've touched it, right? So he goes over, he runs, he touches it. Mike, Mike, leave that ball alone. Leave it, leave it. We'll get an in-swinger. He's like, okay, no problem. So he tells tells the, the, the referee's assistant, hey, I've touched it. It's live, okay? So he runs off. Jimmy, your, you mic just, your mic just went. You turned off your mic. The referees are seeing. Oh, this is the best part of the story. It's like the worst time <laughs> yeah, ever. Mike, Mike okay, so we, you're at the part where he touched the ball and told yeah. the linesman. So he tells tells the, the so we're yelling over Mike in swing in swing. Okay, no problem. Tells him starts running back towards it. The ref assistant starts yelling, "The ball's live! The ball's live!" He looks at him, puts his hands up, and goes, "What are you doing?" Well, I'm just letting them know it's live. Well, you don't have to let them know it's live. <laughs> You're giving away our secrets. That's brutal. I bet you weren't smiling when that happened, Jimmy. Oh, it was such a mess. I said to the guy, I said, what were you doing? Why would you tell? 
Oh, I don't know. I thought I had to tell the referee. You didn't. You thought you had to tell him. Hey, it's a learning experience, right? CPL is developing officials too, so that's important. Yeah. Wong, you're, you're, you have your hand in your phone, like something's really a phone in your hand, even. Well, so I wanted to get to. There's some good Wongers mail sacks. Okay, think, oh, that's why. Okay, is that, is that yeah. the sign? Is that the tell? You, it was, you, but you I also, I also and... wanted, I also wanted to do footy picks. So I want you guys to look at the private chat, so you guys can talk about that first. Okay, because uh, we have some people that need to leave pretty soon. We're yeah. a shorter podcast today, it so is who, today. anyone needs to leave, just leave whenever you want. Okay. Um, but let's get okay. Wong, get some some of your your sack. What's in your sack right now? Oh God, it was really good, and I oh, just God. lost it. You do just footy so picks smooth. first. Do okay. footy picks. Are you ready? Yes, sir. DJ Mellow D. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. Footy All right, some big games again. Arsenal United, Liverpool Chelsea, mid-table battle. Wow, can't wait for that one. Um, Craig, what are you thinking? Who who you got in any of these? I like Arsenal against United, although United are playing pretty well. Draw wouldn't be the worst result for Arsenal. Another big test for them, right? They came through the, the derby last weekend, another statement game, as they call them, and they were brilliant. United, though, you're right. They're, they're playing great football. I mean, I know they tied Palace yesterday, but uh, and it wasn't their best performance. But you get those midweek games, right? They're a little bit odd sometimes, the results. Clearly, United is better than Crystal Palace, but that free kick at the death by Palace was just brilliant. Brilliant. It was. It would, have, it would have been nice for United to get the points there and just jump over Man City, put even more pressure on. Yeah, it would have done. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I was sent you guys that uh, screenshot of uh, the best records in terms of points after 18 games in the history of the English top flight. And Arsenal are uh, 47 points. That makes them the seventh best points tally after 18 games in history. They've been incredible, let's be honest. And we keep, I, I don't know if we're waiting for the, the decline to happen, but every team has a patch in the season where things aren't going quite as well. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen yet for Arsenal, but they're playing United. Um, United right now plus 310 on North Star bets. Uh, on the road, of course, Arsenal, your favorites at minus 117, which you know speaks for itself. But uh, yeah, you know what? United at plus 310, it might not be the worst. Actually, the draw is plus 285. Mm hmm. Not bad. That's not bad value either. Yeah. Yeah. As for Chelsea and Liverpool, um, the Reds are the favorites in this one. Minus 122, whereas Chelsea's at plus 330. Chelsea on the road. This, is, this one's at Anfield. Liverpool did look better against Wolves with, with a different looking team, obviously, in the FA Cup midweek. But uh, obviously still both teams, many issues and so many players coming in right now at Chelsea. It's just... But not, it reminds me of when Roman first took over Chelsea, right? And they brought in everyone. It was a crazy transfer window. And this is a very similar feeling under Todd Bowley. I think he's trying to do the same sort of thing. He's trying to, because he, the fans like Abramovich. He was successful there. He seems to be trying to do the same thing. They're just, anybody who's available throwing, the inflated prices are just ridiculous. That's crazy. They're just throwing mud at it. And, and you look at the deal. Modric, for- they're throwing Modric at it. Modric, yeah, exactly. Modric, huh? That that's that reeks of North American playbook sports, really. It's certainly the NHL when we saw those long term contracts just spread out the eight debt and a half years over 
eight and a half years. So it amortizes over eight and a half years. So from financial fair play, from a salary standpoint, they can make it work better, right? Exactly. They can spread that debt out. And the interesting thing about well, debt, is, debt is that if you sell a player, you can instantly put that as profit. But you hold on to the player, you can spread the the mm. money out over a period of time. That's so of I, I think it'll be something UEFA and, and uh, the Premier League look at. I don't think this is something – I think they'll crack down on it. Well, this hockey is, changed it, right? Hockey, was they were signing like 14-year deals at one point, yeah. right? Just to spread yeah. it out yeah. and you average a salary. Obviously, the player's going to retire before 14 years, yeah. right? So they had to change that rule. I think it's a maximum seven years now. I think if, if you have the player on your books, you can re-sign him for eight years. But as a free agent – going to a different team at seven years. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works. Yeah, just trying to bend the rules a little bit. Then well, I, that's what the, 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 Leafs, the Leafs will front-end the contract, front-load it, right? So they'll sign something to say, say, five-year deal, and they'll pay 90% of that to the player in the first three or four years. So it makes him more tradable later in his career. So yeah, you're being tagged for the, the cap hit, but as far as the actual physical money coming out, it, it's less late in the contract. Mm-hmm. And as we I know, know more no, about hockey than I thought. Suddenly, oh, <laughs> yeah, there's no cap in 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 football, but uh, there is that financial fair play that most of the big clubs seem to get around anyway um, with good lawyers. So it's a, it's a difficult one, um, but I know UEFA has already got Chelsea on the watch list. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they manage to fudge the books to make this work. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, any uh, any picks that jump out to you? Um. I'm looking forward to that Man United Arsenal match. That's for sure. I'm gonna see how that one comes out. I wonder if, if Man United stayed down, or they stayed in London. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Back and- it's, it's Sunday though, the game, right? It is. Yeah. Sunday, 11:30 Eastern uh, on Fubo TV. By the way, as you should all know by now, here in Canada, Fubo TV, and you can still get a deal. By the way, 25% off your first three months if you sign up before January ends. Uh, Fubo. Dot TV. No, FuboTV.com slash Footy Prime, right? That's the that's one. Right. That's, that's the right. That's right. Yeah. One. Oh, what about West Ham Everton? That's going to be a beauty. Yeah. That's a six-pointer, as they say. Yeah. Yikes. Are you scared? Yeah. It's going to be a draw, isn't it? Am I scared? Yeah, yeah I am. Hmm. Do you think Moyes is done if he, if he loses that one? Well, that's what they're saying. Yes. And who's coming in? Well, did you hear who he's getting linked with? Sean Dyche. Who, who's getting linked with? Moyes, possibly oh. Everton. <laughs> Go, you know what? That makes listen. He's he's loved there. I'm assuming yeah. he's beloved there. He does a great job there. Yeah. What about like a manager swap? Right, Frankie, former West Ham, goes back to West Ham. The first managerial swap <laughs> in history. This West goes Ham to the dog. Would be happy with that. Are the lights on in the cars? This goes to the dogging conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank, didn't realize you were here. Awkward. Yeah, West, West Ham fans wouldn't like that. They wouldn't, eh? They wouldn't be buying into to Frank. They want a proven guy. Well, they're, they're not big fans of Frank. Because he left when he left? Yeah, no manner of it. No, the whole thing. Yeah, they're, they're never never really? that happy with Frank Lampard. Yeah. Ah, interesting. See, I mean, you, you mentioned Sean Dyche. I mean, to me, West Ham is like the perfect fit mm-hmm. for Sean Dyche. Oh, yeah. The next step up. It'd be brilliant. By the way, yeah. how, goes, uh, how goes our chase of getting Sean Dyche in the show, lads? Craig and Jimmy, I'm talking to you right now. Well, when he gets a West Ham job, we'll get him on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know his agent, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> I do. 
<laughs> Wonga, uh, before we leave, anything uh, in your sack? That you yeah, the mail sack got some? full filled because someone uh, on our FP account sent it out, and I appreciate that deeply. So I think this was a little rhetorical, but I think it's also only something Amy Walsh could send out to us. Since you record four pods a week, have your cycles synced yet? <laughs> our our, our boy jeffrey nesker um big big uh tfc uh fan and has his own yeah great great Uh, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood and our footy prime supporters answered six so i like that answer how did that oh oh because the question was posed any questions that's right i like it and and this is the one sore spot i had about our oso interview And it comes from our footy prime supporters too. A month after the World Cup final, looking back, how was your World Cup experience? And I think talking about us. Mm -hmm. And what upset me about Oso is he didn't ask us once (laughs) what we were doing during the World Cup. Yeah. What an egotistical son of a... (laughs) Out of control. (laughs) Out of control. Never thought about that. Yeah. Hey, Craig, what were you guys doing during the World Cup? You know, we were all concerned about him. What is Craig doing? What is he doing? He's he's got a lint brush and he's a lint roller on his hat. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> got a little fluff on it. That was his fork oh, last the, night. Uh, That's what he used as his fork because he didn't have any clean. He just takes off. If I do it on my head without the hat, hat my actual hair comes off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cheaper than shaving. Um, World Cup experiences. You know what? I loved the World Cup. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was exhausting, but uh, it was a month or five weeks. If you talk about, you know, the week before, it all kind of kicked off. Yeah. And it was. I mean, listen, hey, I'd rather have been there, but uh, it was. It was great. It was. It was a really great experience and a thoroughly enjoyable tournament. Well, the guy at Sportsnet that stopped you is not there anymore, so <laughs> we don't know yeah. that. Ooh. Good timing, charms. <laughs> yeah. During my career, timing. Yeah. 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 Gotta go, boys. Yeah, we should probably say farewell. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Jimmy. Wonga, JC, um, I'm away for the weekend. Are you guys doing a show on Sunday? No, we're going to do, JC and I are going to patch together a best of Footy Prime for Sunday. It's the best of Footy Prime, the podcast Sunday edition with Jeff and Dan on them. Ones and twos. So what you'll get is some of our best stories cut together um, and into the Lori Forest. Some of our best stories cut together into the Lori Forest. Approach to Footy Prime where she just fast forwards all the current soccer conversation you like and- soccer stuff too bad we're not talking any soccer garbledy gook it's all <laughs> shit that we talk about on wednesdays coming up on the best of footy prime podcast well there's the open it done done sweet i'm off for the weekend so the best stuff i mean that's gonna be like that's three minutes of the show what about the rest of the 47? well we just have to put uh jimmy laughing uh jc's openings uh, you speaking with your little accent there, the, the, what, the, what's your best accent? The one, I forget what it's called, where you, you go higher in pitch. Oh, my, hey. my scouse. Yeah. Your scouse. The one like this. Yeah. Okay. All we have to do is find all great. those cuts. Okay. And then obviously making fun of Craig. There's only and, 331 uh, episodes yeah. to go through. It's not, I was going to say, is, is this one of our ideas that uh, is a great idea, but never gets done or will it get done? It, it will get done. Cause we need, uh, we need some breathing time for our 2023 growth which everyone will be excited about mm-hmm. I woke just, up this morning wait for our growth, growth. that's right alright it's been pretty pranky fine newspapers we'll see ya bye 
join the conversation on Twitter. Help us fill Wonger's mail sack at footy underscore prime. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.